This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They're dogs, and they're playing poker! <laughs> Live from YouTube, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show! Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and it's Follow Friday. That's on Twitter, of course, which we're celebrating because today is the anniversary of the day the platform was launched. Of course, emotions run high on that platform. So today in headlines, we'll be talking about how money is emotional, too. To help you keep your head on when you deal with your money, today we welcome the guy whose emotions make the Terminator look like Oprah, OG. Joining us as well as the always trending host of the Afford Anything podcast, Paula Pant. And a man who was tweeting back when it involved a hammer and a chisel, Len Penzo. And now, a guy who's excited to follow you on your journey to stack more Benjamins, Joe Saul Seahai. Happy Friday. So happy to be the first one to welcome you to your weekend. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. Very emotional about the fact that I get to spend time with this group of people today. Just brings a tear to my eye. The guy who brings a tear to my eye every Monday, Wednesday, Friday here with me, Mr. OG. How are you, man? Mostly through frustration, I'm sure, but um, what, do you, that's okay. what, what do you mean? Through frustration, the tear to your eye is due to oh, frustration. No, I'll tell you today. It's actually because as we're recording this, I got off the road yesterday. Thank you to everybody that hung out with me across the United States. But I've spent uh, OG about half the day sleeping. I got in at like four a.m. and uh, got to sleep in my own bed for a couple hours. Yeah, self-inflicted. It was. That was your travel schedule. Absolutely, but still, you know what? Great to spend the night in my bed or in uh, your More guest like room. Early morning in your bed. But yes, <laughs> right, exactly. And this is profoundly different than a normal Monday afternoon nap for you. In which way? <laughs> I I, that is that is a good point. Not much different there. And a guy who is now taking naps because he is retired, Mr. Len Penzo here. You get tired of the fact that uh, we always lead off with the old guy jokes, Len, because you're 
like a year older than me? Yeah, no, I, I like the old guy jokes. It's fine. You just keep the uh, those senior citizen discounts coming and I'm good. Did you sign up for AARP? Have you signed up for AARP to get all the no, discounts? I, no, I didn't. You no, I didn't. But I do make sure when I go to Denny's, I do let them know that I do qualify for their senior citizen discount. I do know somebody who will remain nameless, a uh, relative of mine who we found out after he passed away that wherever he went, he said, do you have an ARP discount? And they'd say yes. And then they would assume that he was the <laughs> ARP number. Very clever. And he never, t- you, you know, I don't want to the triple like A discount. Well, I don't want to encourage people to, to, to lie about their status. So I don't know if it's clever, certainly not uh, uh, ethical. I would say, you know, the, ho- the hotels did that with the triple A just, they always say, hey, you want, you, are you a triple A member? And you say, yeah. And they'd give you 10% off it. But I've noticed now you go to these hotels, they want proof of that triple A card. So don't embarrass yourself and say you're a triple A member unless you're a triple A. Words from Len Penzo happened at a holiday and express once to the Penzo. Yes. I'm sure. yeah. <laughs> Oops. I left my card. Oh man. It's a probably out my <laughs> yeah, car. Right. I don't know. Yes. And the woman who, uh, well, she d- does have a Lifetime Achievement Award, so maybe would that give you honorary AARP status? If you-, you know, AARP is one of my uh, podcast sponsors, so I think I might actually have an AARP membership. How the hell do you? Uh, so the so the reason I joined AARP was because of the fact that I thought I was like in negotiations with them and I thought I might get a little ARP love. Instead, they give it to Paula Pant, who's like not even close. I have the spirit of uh, an average AARP member. What the hell, Paula? How does and long, beautiful hair? <laughs> the the Joe spirit, does not the have. lifestyle. <laughs> hey, both of my hairs getting longer. Yes. Well, Paula, how are you? By the way, I'm I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm feeling emotional, very emotional, emotional. which is good today. Because we're going to talk all about emotions and your money. We've got OG here. We got Doug. We got Paula. We got Len. We got a house full of people hanging out with us here on uh, on YouTube. We make this podcast every Monday this summer on YouTube. So join us at 5 p.m. Eastern. You do the math on your time zone and uh, hang out with us while we make the show. Let's get into it. But first, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to Uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, 
track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because... Well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. All right, now let's get this party started. This is a piece that we found from a popular website, Vox. And... Um, They talk about how a lot of the money advice that's out there doesn't work. And the reason is, is because, and this is the title of the piece, money's emotional, but personal finance advice rarely accounts for that. And uh, this piece is written by uh, Lindsay Brian Podvin, who is a uh, financial therapist and dives into financial behaviors. And I guess we'll start right there, Len. You've been in this game a long time talking about money. How much are money and emotions intertwined? You know, I knew you were going to go to me first because as the blogger for the uh, the personal finance blog for responsible people, I mean, if you're on, right, I mean, just look, I mean, I'm on the total opposite end of the spectrum here. You know, I do understand that there are people, you know, money is emotional thing, but I come from the opposite direction, whereas it's like, you know what, suck it up, buttercup. You got to get a hold of your emotions. You can't excuse them. And it, this is a fine article, but there were some things I hear I just disagreed with. So. Oh, I can't wait. I can't. Well, that is fantastic. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted to hear. But the reason, the reason why I went to you first, actually, Len, is because of the fact I think that you see that people, because they have too much emotion when it comes to their buying decisions, their selling decisions, their money decisions, that's where they make mistakes. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. That's when you do tend to make mistakes. And I'm not immune from emotional mistakes. I've made my my share of emotional mistakes too. The key is to try and control your emotions and, and separate your emotions from the actual decisions that your money decisions that you need to make. Paula, are you on board with that? I, I think that that is impossible. I think that if we deny that we are... Well, you're not uh, Len Penzo. It's not impossible <laughs> to him. I think what I'm hearing from Len, honestly, is denial. You know, <laughs> because in what, way? We, what, did I, what am I in denial of the notion that the idea that emotions. So I think that you're denying the fact that emotions are so strong that oftentimes people will deceive themselves into believing that they are being rational when in fact they are actually forming rationalizations in order to justify what they feel. But because they believe that they're being rational, they're actually doing a worse rather than better job of managing their emotions. And that if a person were to acknowledge that all decision-making, particularly when it comes to finances, is inherently going to be emotionally biased, they could probably manage that emotion better than they otherwise could if they denied that emotions would play a role into that decision. Well, I, I let me say this. I'm not in denial of that. I mean, I said myself that I 
I make emotional decisions. And by definition, the emotional decision is going to be the incorrect, you know, in some cases, the incorrect decision. And you're not going to be aware of that. Most people don't make decisions against their best interest if they know that it's against their best interest. But the emotions will cloud that. And that's where I'm saying you have to. That's where the work comes in. That's where your muscle, you have to exercise that muscle and force yourself to be more strategic in your thinking and more less emotional and more logical. But, but aren't your actual, a lot of your goals, your money goals, Len, I mean, aren't those emotional? And I'll give you an example. You have a time that you spent a ton of money, a ton of money at a Los Angeles Kings game. Where, where where you were sitting in these badass seats, these awesome seats, it seems to me that's an emotion. Just the fact that you want it is emotional. You are absolutely correct. I wrote about that. And I think the title of that was I just made the most impulsive decision of my life. It was impulsive, but there was in the background operating was my brain going, do you still have enough money to do this? Yeah. Which I did, but it still hurt. Because it was so much money. I think I spent, uh, I, th- I think it was 3200 bucks for two tickets to a Stanley Cup finals game. So well, it, well, was it awesome? It. it was awesome. Oh. <laughs> it was awesome. That's actually funny that you point that out, Len, because I think that that draws this distinction that you're talking about. That for you, while it was costing you a lot of money, it wasn't a money mistake. You could afford to do it. You could afford to be a little emotional about that decision. Yes. The only reason it wasn't, a, for me, it wasn't a mistake because I had the money. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't make mistakes in the past. I did make mistakes where I did make impulsive purchases and I didn't care or I justified it to myself that, you know what, I'll, I'll make it up somehow later on. I'll make more money or I'll do what I have to. But over time, as I've exercised that muscle, that logic muscle to control that, those impulses. Oh, gee, as the uh, pro in this group, I want to ask you about financial service providers because we see these ads all the, I feel like financial service advisors prey on the fact that we're emotional, right? These things we want are emotional. And don't you think that Prudential can help you with that? I mean, you're kind of starting to see it a little bit now with the advertising of different investment products and investment solutions relative to the market downturn. And people are having all sorts of uh, angst around, you know, what their quarterly statements look like. And, oh, don't worry, wouldn't it be swell if you could have this one product that guarantees not to lose money or whatever, you know, whatever little thing that they want to wrap around, you know, this crappy product that they're trying to sell you. I read an article not too long ago. I might've been in the Wall Street Journal. I can't recall that said that wealthy investors are getting rid of stocks to avoid the volatility so that they can go into more profitable things like private equity. <laughs> it's like the hell, you know, it's all based on emotion. And, you know, I think Stephen Covey has kind of the best analogy out of all of this is like, if you can put a pause between how you feel and what your response is going to be, and the longer that you can have that pause be before you make a response, the better your decision is going to be. And I think Paula, that's kind of what you were saying before earlier. Don't, don't pretend you don't have any feelings around the issue be okay with the fact that it is what it is and it's how you feel, but then expand the time in which you're going to make a decision so that you can hopefully make a good decision. That's where she goes. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> if she were listening. She would be well, no, I, I mean, yeah, the, the, there wasn't a follow-up question there, but yes, I would agree with that. The, the pause is how you 
become less reactive because the longer that there is a pause, the less you are reacting and the more you are simply acting. Paula, what's a buying decision that you've been on the end of where you thought it was, you know what, this is just an emotional thing for me. This is not a rational thing. This is a place where I'm just kind of emotional about it. So I'm going to spend the cash. Technically, almost everything that all of us buy, other than the bare necessities that we need to survive, you know, we need basic shelter, basic food and basic clothes, but that's all actually fairly cheap. Like if any of us wanted to, we could live in, you know, we could live like a college student lifestyle. And so anything that is an escalation from that is discretionary and discretionary spending is emotionally driven. I think that if I have to decide what food I want and I'm emotional about it, I'm eating at Len Penzo's house for like the rest of my life because those have been (laughs) fantastic meals. But Len, when it comes to you and budgeting, I mean, where's a place where you got emotional besides the Kings game and maybe it was for the worst? Well, I'll tell you where I really got it emotional was I, I think I was 25 at the time, 24. And this was at the top of the last market, real estate market in Southern California. I was looking for a house. Prices were really expensive. And I felt the pressure that I had to buy to get. I, I was afraid if I didn't buy, I was never going to be able to buy because I just figured the prices were going to keep going up, 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 up. And it, the market was already at the top. So I bought a house that I really shouldn't have. And three months later, the market crashed and I was upside down for eight years and I was really kicking myself. So I'd say that was my most emotional. I mean, I didn't put any thought into it. I was, I was just so fearful. I would never be able to have a home. Well, what stinks about that, Len, is I also think that there probably was a salesperson who was helping you stay emotional about that. Yes, there was. The realtor really was, I mean, he was a, a seasoned pro and he knew I was a little worried and he was fanning the flames, you know, he, he, cause he would, I remember him saying these houses in the, in this neighborhood have just gone up, you know, they went up 5% in the last four months. And I'm like, Oh, you know, so yeah, it didn't help. And like I said, I just, that was a mistake. Len, is this the house that was on the railroad tracks that yes. you talked about before? <laughs> yes. Where the whole house yes. like rumbled. The whole house shook. Yeah, it was a mistake. And that's the other thing. I bought that house on the weekend. That's so stupid. I should have put two and two together. It was on the weekend. There were no train, there was no train traffic whatsoever. And I felt, you know, I had to put in an offer for that house when I did. And so I did. And boy, was I surprised when I when I moved in the first Monday, man. It was there was like 18 trains a day, large freights. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, it was brutal. You could have you could have sold that house though on emotion. Said, you know what? You don't have to pay anything extra yes. for the real train experience. No, no I'm going to throw I that in. Here's another emotional mistake I could I could have walked away from that house instead of you know and just totally destroyed my credit. But I stuck that out. I decided I was going to stick it out. And yeah, or I could have just sold it a loss. But but I didn't. Although I really wanted to. So I, I put some thought into that, you know, to make sure, you know what, I'll just ride out the storm, which took seven years, but oh, I did. Oh, OG emotional time for you. And when, when later on you're like, man, shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I think Paul is right. Everything above, you know, your basic needs are somewhat of an emotional decision. I mean, we, we also bought a house at kind of peak housing market time in the early two thousands and got a crappy interest rate that I've talked about before. And and also we're in it for 10 years and didn't make any money and finally broke even. So we've done that. I've certainly bought and sold stocks and investments at the wrong time for the wrong reasons, just because 
I've been rewarded for doing that nonsense too. I I played the AMC and GameStop game like crazy last year because it was fun. But I think like Len was saying, there's a difference between doing it and you know, not being able to afford it and doing it and being able to like, when you said you spent whatever, three grand for hockey tickets, I'm like, all right, cool. Probably a fun game. I've been to world series games. I've been to hockey games, you know, and there's some of them are expensive. We went to the college world series just wrapped up when Michigan played, we went to see Michigan and we bought five tickets and hotels at the last minute. And, you know, I mean, it was just sure. It's emotional. It's something I wanted to do, but I think that, from a financial planning standpoint, I don't think that it's my job, nor is it really any of our jobs to tell you what you should do with your money. You know, like if you're good, if you're, if you've got your stuff taken care of, right. And you're, yeah. you're on track for your goals and Len, you want to spend 3,200 bucks on, on, on airline tickets, be a bargain today's dollar, today's day, 3,200 bucks on Take hockey tickets. You know, who am I to say that that's an important thing or not? You might look at the spending that I have and go, well, that's ridiculous. I don't you think know? it's about that though, OG. It's about regretting it, right? I mean, we yeah. don't want to have this this decision. We reg- I don't think I don't think Len regrets a second of that. It yeah, was probably it, not. It, was, it was money poorly spent that he enjoyed the hell out of, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet he doesn't even think it's poorly spent. I mean, no, it wasn't poorly spent. But you know what? You know it's emotional when you when you say ah, uh, you think about it. That's a lot of money, and then you you're that little voice in your brain goes ah, f it. You know, just do yeah. it. And, yeah. and that's what I did. did that with that's wine. exactly what I did. It went back. And I said, I just said to myself, F it, you yep. know, and I did it. I so do have regret when I buy emotional. wine because wine is the greatest, <laughs> the greatest thing in the universe because you have to pay for it. Said in- me, said me after three glasses of wine every time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and this year I was like, I'm not going to do it. They're going to send me the email. I already had it set up. They're going to send me the email. I'm just going to say, no, I don't want my allocation this year. And they sent it and it sat there and I was like, ha ha, I win. And then like, seriously, like a few bottles of wine into, you know, the weekend or whatever. I'm, you know, just like Amazon shopping. You're like, all right, look at this. And they said, you know, they're really good marketers. They said, Hey, you've got three days left on your allocation and then you pay for it. And then you don't get the wine for like a year. So it's a brilliant business strategy, you know, pay us and then we'll deliver some stuff to you in the future. Doug, were you going to say something there? Only that, I mean, wasting it on wine is ridiculous. It's, you just it, you're pissing your money away. Oh, it's heaven, <laughs> literally. <laughs> it's, it's heaven, literally. Yeah. The, Len the, got Doug, it. Doug, Doug, Doug lost a whole bunch of money on his golf game this year, so I bet she's pretty oh much about God. that. <laughs> that has been such a lost cause, a, and I have I've put more money into my golf game this year than I ever have, and I am going in the wrong direction. <laughs> that is, that it's unbelievable. The inverse proportion the inverse results on that ratio are staggering what's your handicap Doug? uh it's his uh, left it, hand it, his left hand is his <laughs> hand. yeah yeah basically you uh, can't get his body his, his body turn that's really the major handicap, the, handicap. Yeah, yeah. the fact that i'm the one holding throw. the club is the his handicap. old his old joints uh, as we do this live, we got some great chatter going on and we've got uh i mean my new friend doug who i've met uh, just recently when I was in Colorado, Doug from the mile high five podcast said he had the same experience Len with real estate and had a salesperson encourage him the whole time as well. And said, he let it go to foreclosure. Uh, and it was a great move. Just wiping that out, getting, yeah. You know, Doug, I would, I didn't mean to say that it's different for everybody, but whether you choose to do that or not go to the foreclosure or not. Yeah. Uh, Paula, I want to ask you about something that's in this piece 
I don't want to talk a lot about these decisions we make that are emotional. We can afford it. I think that's what our life is about, right? Making those decisions. But Mm -hmm. when we can't afford it, like we had a recent guest on the show, Buffy Purcell said, the worst three words to somebody with their money is I deserve it, right? When you have no Mm -hmm. money and you just say, I deserve it. We know it's bad. And this is from the piece. They say, we know it's bad, but we keep doing it. If we know it's bad and we know it's taking us away from financial independence, why the hell do we keep doing it? We do it because there's obviously some underlying need, emotional need. I mean, there's some underlying emotional need that is not properly being addressed through other channels. And because that underlying emotional need is not properly being addressed in healthier ways, it then gets expressed in these maladaptive ways. We talk about, this piece talks about, OG, that people then go into the shame cycle, right? It becomes worse because we we shame ourselves and go, man, I shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have done that. And then all this negative self-talk just just puts us in this this kind of death yeah, spiral. Shit all over yourself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You must see that, I would think, sometimes with clients. I think the really important thing is to recognize that once you are done with something, there's very little you can do to undo that. Now, if it's something like investing or something, you go, I invested in a bad thing, you know, you can sell it or, you know, you bought a real estate you don't want, you can turn around and sell it if it's at a loss or whatever the case may be. Uh, but you are where you are from a financial planning standpoint, whether it's an income standpoint, whether it's debt, whether it's an investment strategy that hasn't worked out or just no investment strategy whatsoever. And you've just piled a whole bunch of cash up. You can't look at your, at your life and go, oh, I wish I, I'm, I'm an idiot. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. You mentioned self-talk and how your brain will try to make you be very trustworthy. So if you keep on asking yourself really dumb questions like, you know, oh, why did I do such a dumb thing? You know, your brain goes, oh, it's because you're stupid. You know, like, there it is. like it wants to like it wants you to be correct. You know, it wants you to be right because you're really trustworthy to yourself. So instead of uh, worrying about what the decisions were in the past, just take stock of where you are today and say, okay, here is the facts or here are the facts I should say. And you know, what do I want to do tomorrow with this new information? I guess it's a great place to leave the first half of this discussion. The second half of this discussion, we're going to dive into more of what OG just foreshadowed, which is what do we do about this? There's some pieces. There's some ideas in the piece. This is where I think Len might have a problem with some of the, some of the advice in the piece, I think is not the way Len Penzo would handle this. But before we get to that, we have a year-long trivia competition going on between our three main contributors, and we got the whole team here today, Len, Paula, and OG, and what a fight we've got. Well, kind of. Paula Pant's not yet in the fight. I'm not sure, Paula, what the hell's going on, but you're behind. Yeah, this seems to be pretty consistent for, uh, let's see, every year we've ever done this. (laughs) We were talking about it's on brand, <laughs> very on brand. We were talking about this yesterday in the, in the, in the tour stop about Paula Pant is so brilliant. And why the hell does she lose every year when it comes to the trivia? That wasn't me asking. That was our fans in Las Vegas asking the question. We have Aww. no idea. So, so people well, got you. your back. Yes. <laughs> Paula has six and a half. She and OG tied with one. Len has nine. And somehow, Oh, gee, when you weren't here, Doc G not only said something that wasn't a million away when he was playing on your behalf, he actually won. Like, what the hell was going on there with Doc G winning? Uh, So you are now in the lead, OG, with nine and a half. We got our question today. We got a new one. Let's see who's going to 
take the lead now. OG going to keep the lead. Paula getting back in the game. Len moving back up to the top. Doug, you ready? Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. On July 15th, 2006, Twitter started as an SMS platform. And Len, I looked it up. SMS is an acronym for short message service, not suck my strawberries like you were trying to get me to say earlier. The name for the platform was inspired by bird sounds and rejected names included Friend Stalker, because obviously we only use it to stalk celebrities. The turning point in the platform being used for breaking news came in 2009 when U.S. Airways Flight 1549 went down in the Hudson River. A man who was crossing the Hudson on a ferry took a photo of the plane and posted it to Twitter, scooping the news and pushing the platform to prominence. So my question is, obviously, how many people were on that plane that crashed into the Hudson? I'll be back with the answer after I check to see if anyone retweeted that photo of the rash on my upper thigh. (laughs) (laughs) So, So much oversharing happens on Twitter, doesn't it? You know, what's funny, Doug, is that when when you and I were talking about this trivia, I thought that that name for trivia was just Paulette being ridiculous, but that wasn't. That was actually friend stalking was a name that they thought. Well, yeah. I can't tell you how many apps that I've tried to name friend stalker. And <laughs> I mean, what what is the purpose of the Internet if it's not to follow people that you don't want know when you're following them? Right. If it's not to get around all of those, all of those rulings against you, where now you have to stay yeah. so far away from people. Like I've got three private eyes following an OG right now. Yeah. Duh. All right. OG. Speaking of OG, big moment in Twitter's history when people started mm. using Twitter for news. I'm sure you remember this. This, this seems like it was almost yesterday, but this was quite a while ago now. This is the uh, Sullenberg thing. Yeah. 2009. 2009 does seem like it was a little quicker than that. Uh, so how many people were on the plane, including uh, crew, including crew, including crew? Nope. It's how many passengers? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually reading Doug's trivia now. I should have let you answer instead of me. Okay. Uh, all right. So it was a really teeny tiny plane, if I remember correctly maybe two or three people on it. I'm going to say 171. 171. Len, this is a weird spot. First time this year, I think, that you're going second. Well, it's nice to go second. It's hard staying in first, being going first. That being said, OG has made a tremendously good estimate. Thank you. So I don't have a lot of room for air here. Basically, both I'm of going you to, I'm going, I'm just me. definitely going to, well, Chelsea Brennan, you probably I'm going to have to, because I'm sure that plane only held at most a hundred and this is just passengers at most 180. I would think maybe 190. Was it a full plane? I think it was close to it. You know what's funny is I just binge watched a whole a whole bunch of air disasters. Did you? On, on a, oh my you? god, I am addicted to that show. A weekend it's, of it's, hilarity at the Penzo House, watching yeah, other people. Yeah, and that was actually that was one of the ones they did. But uh, I can't remember for the life of me was on it. But I, that plane has to. Oh gosh, which way do I go? 
I'm going to go for the high end, I guess. I don't think I have much room above 171, but I'm going to go 173. And there, there we are. Well, you definitely, if she Chelsea <laughs> Brendan's you on the top side in your right, Len, she's got yeah. very little room for error then. So is this, is this the Paula Pant squeeze going on? Jeez. I mean, my, clearly my options are either 174 or 170. So which direction do I go? Or 172. I was going to say, it's awesome if it's 172. <laughs> and that's, by the way, been the case for Paula all season long. Is yeah, it is yeah. 172. Yeah, you're going to say 170 and it's going to be 172 and it'll be right in the middle. <laughs> I'm going about... Third, uh, okay, I'm going 174. Oh, Paula. She takes the top side. You think that plane was full based on what Len said? It was a big plane. It was like an eight. 319 or something. It's like three by three, I think. So my my thinking is on an airplane, and both of these gentlemen know much more about planes than I do. I, I simply ride planes. I have not neither flown one nor have I like manufactured one. But my thinking is that whenever I board a plane, there are typically 30 rows, and each row will have about six seats. So I'm guessing high. It is funny, Paula. I didn't think about how this trivia is biased against you. <laughs> a dude who works for a manufacturer, a guy who likes to fly them. And Paula. <laughs> and let's just say before before we go, that flying is, it's totally safe. I mean, seriously, because think about it. They've never left one up there yet. <laughs> <laughs> they always come down one, one way or another. <laughs> That Normally, is. lens setups just lead to a giant wah, wah, wah. But that one was fantastic. I didn't even see that one coming, Doug. Like, I, I, had, that one. I had no idea that one was even on the way. Like, even as he started talking, I'm like, oh, God, please shut up, Lynn. Oh, God, please no. don't do this again. And then I'm like, oh, he did it. He pulled it off. And- <laughs> <laughs> and Paul, I love what Eric says here, hanging out with us. So much thought into a random guess. <laughs> so much, so much thought. Exactly. All right. Uh, we'd love to tell you who our winner is, but we don't play that way. We will be right back. Hey, Staggers is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience my good friend Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? A Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want them to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. You got to join, open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open, maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit navyfederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things 
They offer 24-7 help for their U.S.-based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to NavyFederal.org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. OG, I almost said Len because I'm so used to Len kicking it off. OG, (laughs) you kicked this thing off and I guess it's good news for you that if the plane was half empty... And the plane is is about the size that you and Len think it is. Hey, you've you might score another point here. Yeah, I uh, I was just thinking about the videos that I saw and all of the uh, you know like the water taxis and stuff that were helping. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a small number of people, but I don't have any. I don't, I don't really. You're at one seventy one, Len. It's awfully snug where you're sitting, my friend. At one seventy three. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's going to have to be next week. Ho- hopefully you have a question, Doug, that asks like how many buckets of popcorn fill the Empire State <laughs> Building? Yeah. Back to the rational questions. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Lem with 173. Paul, if that plane was packed, like OG's talking about. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, my guest was very anchored. So we're, I'm just going to kick back and see how well, this goes. I'm rooting for you, Paula. We, we can't let OG, this can't get out of hand. Well, let's see which of you is the anchor on this podcast. Hey there, stackers. I'm SMS pioneer and emotional innkeeper, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. 361 billion tweets are expected to be posted this year. Do you have any idea what trying to read 361 billion tweets does to a man? I am well worn out over here. Can't even keep up. The company is, of course, worth about $44 billion. That's like a dollar for every bot, according to Elon Musk's whims this week. But if it weren't for that amazing landing by Captain Chesley Sully Sullenberger, we might have been talking about another platform right now. So how many passengers were saved that day? 153. That means OG is our winner. How about that? Chelsea Brennan on the wrong side. Again. <laughs> always. I always do. I thought OG was going to talk you out of it there for a minute. Paula, my spouse, Cheryl, is maybe the smartest person that I know. But driving, I always recommend Second that if... Uh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, I always recommend that if she thinks that the next turn is right, she should probably turn left because mm. every other piece of her life, except driving, she's amazing. I think it's, it should be that with you for trivia. Like <laughs> <laughs> if your gut says go the upside, I think we played this game long enough, Doug, that Paula should probably do the opposite. <laughs> you can only lead yeah. a horse to water so many times, Joe. Yes. 
Well, uh, coming up here in the second half of our discussion, we are back talking about emotions. So let's go. I forgot about this one. Uh, Speaking of you, Paula, Rick hanging out with us talks about paying a lot of money for emotional experiences. You got way emotional about that mac and cheese ice cream. Oh, no, that is, uh, there's nothing more logical in the world than eating ice cream flavored like macaroni and cheese. Oh, gee, when I was at your house just before this last segment of my of my tour, uh, you had some, what, what, what was that? Mac and cheese flavored. Mac and cheese? <laughs> the, the candy canes. We've, too, we talked candy about this. Candy canes. Yeah, candy we, canes. We've already, we've already been down this path. That's right. Well, you... <laughs> You have been, I've, yes, yes, absolutely. I think chapstick should make a macaroni and cheese flavor. That would well, be amazing. That, that would be awesome. I totally agree. And by the way, does does anybody um, absolutely hate the pop, buttered popcorn flavored jelly bellies? Oh, yeah. Oh. They're not good. Okay. Yeah, Send no, them all to me because those are my favorite. <laughs> oh, my God. I was just thinking, in theory, those should be really good, Doug, but, but they fantastic. just, uh, yeah, not so much. Speaking of fantastic, second half of the show brought to you by Magnify Money. You know what happens, Len, when you go to stackybenjamins.com slash magnify money? Yeah, you give out a free, um, uh, a free coupon for macaroni and cheese ice cream. One cone. I that would bring in nearly as many people as this sponsored spot does. Oh, okay. <laughs> second most people because it's actually when you shop at brick and mortar banks, those products you use like savings accounts, checking accounts, CDs, not best in class. There's tons of stuff all over the internet, internet only banking. Head to stackybenjamins.com slash magnify money to take a look at over ninety two percent of all the things out there ranked head to head for banking products. And uh, it's time, by the way. Things are changing. We're seeing interest rates finally go back up. You know what's wild, OG, is it only took uh, the consumer price index to get to, I think, a bajillion for us to get 1% on our savings account again. So, yay. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hashtag awesome. Let's dive into this second half. Uh, Len, I want to start with you because I'm sure that this is exactly in your wheelhouse. Our author of this piece says, we should have some financial self-compassion. And I know that that's the way, that's the self-talk you use when you're trying to make less emotional decisions. Yeah, well, I've, um, I agree with the part, but, you know, don't, you're not a bad person for making mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. We all make mistakes. To me, the key is you have to learn from the mistake and you have to take ownership of the mistake and if you don't do that, then the compassion kind of just doesn't doesn't help you at all. It almost becomes an excuse. So, I mean, that that's where I'm. And, and I know a lot of people might think of that as being hard or whatever, but that's just just how it is. You know, you, you've got to you've got to own up to it and you've got to admit the mistake and learn from it. Paul, I do think that Len's got something there. There's a fine line between financial compassion and just an excuse. Hey, I got to love myself. So it's OK that I continually stepping it over and over again. I think we're talking about the distinction between fault and responsibility. If you spiral into feelings of excessive guilt or shame, and you're constantly blaming, blaming and shaming yourself, then you're, you're, you feel as though all of your problems are your fault. And that is emotionally a very different feeling than the alternative, which would be to accept that these problems are your responsibility that you may have been responsible for getting yourself into them and that you are certainly responsible for getting yourself out of them. 
but there's no sense of like moralistic judgment there. It's simply this is what is, and this is what we got to do next. It's interesting, Paul, while you're talking, I'm thinking about when I was in college and I was taking these writing classes and one of the very first things, because our writing was being evaluated all the time and some people would get Mm -hmm. really, really defensive, right? Well, no, 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 no. Like I am a good person. And our professor warned us, there's a difference between your writing and you. Your writing is not Mm -hmm. the same thing as you. And I think what you're saying is kind of, there's a difference between these decisions you're making and who you are. Right, right, exactly. And oftentimes it it can be tempting to think that excessive self-blame or self-shame might motivate you to do better but oftentimes the the negative self-image that we we have you know we we want to be consistent with our image of ourselves so if we develop a negative image of ourselves we may subconsciously start acting in negative ways in order to prove to ourselves that we are as devalued as worthless as we see ourselves so yeah. it actually I just can be counterproductive. speaking of speaking of shame uh, you know i, I want to point out doug he doesn't worry about shame. He's wearing that Detroit Tigers hat. And uh, I. <laughs> is that a no shame? We're totally proud of our misery. We're okay, fighting the bro. good fight. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing Detroit around sports right now. It's, no, no, no. It's good because when we finally win, baby. Oh, that's right. Man. That's right. It's nothing better than as a long suffering L.A. Kings fan. That's uh, so sweet the, when you finally who? get there. Yeah. What sport do they play? That's right. That's right. I'm talking. Yeah, I know. You got bragging rights, Mr. Red Wings. I get you. Lots of reasons, Len, to drink a beer if you're a Detroit fan. You do it when you win occasionally and you do it when you lose. It's It's like great for concessions. You got all the above. OG, I want to go to you for the next point that they had in this piece because, um, well, this is really kind of what you do. But this idea of asking for help, like I didn't think about asking for help and emotions. Like if you're consistently making these bad decisions, Telling people that you're going to make this decision ahead of time, running it by people might be a good way to stop making so many crappy decisions. Well, just kind of learn how to make good ones, right? I mean, just no no different than any other thing that you're trying to do, eat healthy, exercise, uh, learn a new skill, learn a new sport. All of these things require other people's guidance along the way, generally speaking. And even if you say, well, I don't need a nutritionist to figure out what to eat. Like you probably did some research on your own. You probably listened to a podcast or read a book and that's no different than uh, asking for help in a different way. So why is it any different when it comes to money? You know, if you, if you're, if you're really great with money, good job. Congratulations. You know, you did, you somehow figured it out. If you're not like, okay, that's okay too. There's other people who have been up and down this path a million times so why don't you just latch onto one of those people who go, oh, I know, I know where to go. I know where all the, you know, all the pitfalls are. And I know the smoothest way to get there. I love this idea, Paula, of surrounding yourself with the right people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and choosing the right people is itself a skill set because it's hard to know in, in a world where there's so much noise. Uh, it is hard to separate those who have good judgment from those who do not. And so Credentials do not necessarily equal judgment. You know, I, I think that's one piece of it. Confidence. What do you does mean by that? Credentials do not equal judgment. Are you saying somebody can have a lot of great credentials and not really be phenomenal? Exactly. A person might, you know, have all of the right paperwork and all of the right training and licensure, but they may not. You know, they may just be a mediocre thinker. Those are really different skill sets. 
And vice versa, too. Correct. Yeah. Vice versa. Just because you don't have all those degrees or what have you doesn't mean you, you don't have the wisdom or the book smarts or, or the experience to share. What about this idea, Len, and this comes from the piece, research has found that the more frequently we experience a sense of progress, like a small win, the more we're likely to continue that positive behavior. How do you like this idea of celebrating the small wins? Yeah, I think that's essential, actually. Those little victories are, I guess, on your little dashboard of life. Those are self-reinforcing and they help you stay on path and on target and they reinforce good habits. So yes, I'm all for celebrating those victories. What did you really disagree with with this piece, Len? One of the ones that stood out to me was, I wrote this down, so I'm sorry, I look at my notes here. It's all so, right. Um, she was saying that we, inferring that we are influenced by, when we're younger, by a lot of individuals, that we soak things up like a sponge. And for example, they said, your parents, if your parents are poor, you know, they have poor habits that you're, you're likely to be, be that way. And I don't think that's true at all. I don't think that's true at all because, I, you know, my dad was one of those. She specifically mentioned people saying, you know, I'm going to spend every last penny. You know, I'm not going to die with any money. I want to spend my last dime. That was my dad's mantra growing up. And he lived that until his dying day. And he was actually in some financial distress when he finally passed away. And I was the total opposite. He told me that as I was growing up. I, his saying was, I never saw a Brinks truck follow a hearse. I mean, he said it jokingly, but that's how he lived. He lived and, the, um, the YOLO. Die broke. Yeah, the YOLO yes. life. And, and he died broke. Unfortunately, he was broke about five years before he passed away. And so God love my dad. And um, he's a great man. But, you know, we all have our flaws. But he didn't learn from that. So This is interesting, OG, what Len's talking about, because – you know, we've had guests on the show that learn from positive people around them. And we also have people that have learned from negative people around them. And I feel like it's not so much what happens to you is how you respond. Well, it takes a different type of, I think, maybe a stronger person to be able to pick through it all. So, Len, obviously, you took what the good stuff that your dad did and the good stuff that your aunts and uncles and grandma and grandpa and all that sort of stuff and kind of applied that to your life. And then there was probably some things that you observed that you didn't want to do. And you're like, well, I'm not going to do that. Like, I see how that's working. <laughs> not well. So I'm going to do a different thing. But I bet that there's more people who just kind of fall into the trap of this is what I know than anything. So it's probably true that there's more people who are on the other side of it than, than are on the side that you're on, Len, which is a good thinker to be able to peel away the good stuff and, and discard the not so good yeah, stuff. Saying more, yeah, more people are more likely to fall close to what's at the apple not falling far from the tree. Yeah, I, you know, but there's a lot of studies also about, especially you mentioned about uh, people who are economically, you know, have issues, poor people or poorer people, I should say, that generationally, it's like the, the third generation is not. So if your grandparents were poor, the likelihood of you being poor is pretty low. And, and so I think some of that is, Len, what you're talking about, where you've seen it for a couple of generations and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do something different. You, you know yeah. what I will say too, OG, is going to my dad, his mom, who was very poor and she didn't make a lot of money, she saved and scrimped and saved. And when she passed away, she left a sizable amount of money. So my dad did not 
pick up from her. Yeah, so but he saw but he saw the alternative, which was that she was scrimping and yeah. saving and probably not doing anything fun and was like, screw that. Ex- what yes, do I need I, to die with a whole bunch of money and give it to my yeah. snot nosed kid about? Like he's yeah. doing fine. Yeah. YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good place to wrap this up. I'd like each of you, though, to give us kind of uh, a good takeaway for people, because I think emotions and money, Paula, like we've been talking about this all time, intertwined, whether you want them to be or not. So if you're giving people one final encompassing piece of advice when it comes to money and emotion, what would you would you tell them? I'd say before you make any decision, pause and verbalize how you are feeling both in that moment and about the decision, try to verbalize that to the best of your ability to do so. And then once you, you kind of acknowledge that and, you know, admit that it's it's okay to feel this way, I think that kind of allows you to then find an alternate way to acknowledge or address the feeling that doesn't necessarily lead to a particular financial decision that you otherwise might have made. Len? We all make emotional decisions. Some, I understand there's some that make a lot more than others, but the key is to learn from your mistakes and apply what you've learned and do your best at all times to separate your emotions and and at least try and think logically before you make any final decisions. An OG? Figures, they take out the good ones. Let me... (laughs) I would just say when it comes to money and decision-making in general, just be okay with where you are and don't give yourself a lot of grief over the decisions you've made in the past. Very few people I've run into purposefully make poor money decisions along the way. They're a result of, you know, cascading series of maybe not so great decisions, but nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I'm going to try to figure out how to screw up my life today. You make decisions based on the information that you have, and sometimes they're not the best ones. So you are where you are. Just make good decisions moving forward. You have plenty of time to get it together. And that's why I think on my end, I really want to draw attention back to, again, salespeople who are trying to separate you and your money by using emotion, by pulling on those emotional heart springs to watch out for those people because they're out there. And I think we've all fallen prey to that, making some decisions, maybe not buying a house along the railroad track. So I get the railroad experience 18 times a day. We haven't all made that one, Len, but holy cow, that's a, uh, yeah, a lot of people out there that are uh, separating uh, people in their money. All right. That's going to do it for today. Let's find out what's going on where you guys are. Oh, gee, you're celebrating uh, the month of July in a cooler climate. Yeah, kind of all over the place as is coming to air in the middle of July. Uh, the wife and I are in Chicago for a little uh, work trip thingy uh, for, for a day and a half. And then um, and back to northern Michigan for another week. And, and then we'll uh, kind of part ways for a little bit. I'm going to go do an air show in northern Wisconsin for a week and then um and then a little uh after school activity picks up late july so awesome you know fun stuff get rolling on your fall fun that's like the when og starts mentioning after school activity that means that fall is on the way fall is on its way yes correct mr penzo what hats going on what hat sets i don't know what i'm saying there len what's going on at lenpenzo.com well, you know what? I'm flying up to the Chicago area right after this podcast here. And then I'll be actually hanging out in lower Southern Michigan for a oh, few days. So, so my sweet. niece is getting uh, married. So uh, I know Michigan's a big state, but. Uh, Which part of Michigan? Of the Mississippi. 
I'll be out in New Buffalo. New Buffalo. The new Buffalo Grand (laughs) Haven area. Better than the old Buffalo. (laughs) That's right. As they say. Right. Unless you're from the old Buffalo. Yes. And then the old Buffalo is much better. Paula Pan. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. What's going on at Afford Anything? On the Afford Anything podcast, we recently spoke with Scott Nations. He has spent his career uh, studying market volatility. And so uh, in our interview, he talks about the anxiety that a lot of investors are feeling right now. And actually, kind of it ties in perfectly with what we've talked about. Uh, he talks about how anxiety and fear and a lot of those negative emotions lead us into making very irrational decisions. And so we specifically talk about that through the lens of cognitive biases, um, ways that we deceive ourselves, mental models that we don't even realize that we have. And we he we describe some of those cognitive biases and how we can overcome them in order to make in order to master that mental game of investing. So that's on the Afford Anything podcast available everywhere where finer podcasts are found. Where finer podcasts. And by the way, Paula, just when it comes to trivia, I think the big lesson today is whatever your cognitive bias is, go the other way. <laughs> it's the, the inverse Paula index. <laughs> that's got to be it. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it. Doug, you've got it from here, my friend. What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, everybody calm down when it comes to your finances. My God, because emotions, they will affect your decisions. Just settle down. Second, you never know what catastrophe might turn into a huge win for your business. Sounds like a pretty great business strategy to me. But the big lesson, why call 911 when you can just tweet? Be sure to post a picture of whatever disaster you're seeing. And just be sure to add the hashtag 911. No, I'm not talking about like when a little kid is choking. Use the real 91 for that. I'm talking about like when OG is wearing his skinny jeans or Paula's wearing her area rug shawl. Hashtag 911. God help us. Thanks to Paula Pant for joining us today. You'll find her podcast, Afford Anything, wherever you're listening to us right now. Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us. You'll find Len at lenpenzo.com slash hockey loser. Thanks also to OG for joining us today. Looking for pretty good financial help? Call OG. Looking for great financial help? Call me. But you don't have my number. So go to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash OG. You'll get his calendar. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is written in part by Paulette Perhatch, who helps writers power their words, their work, and their earning potential with her Powerhouse Writers Coaching Program. The next session starts in the fall. Find out more at powerhousewriters.com. Thanks also to our team who made today possible. Brooke Miller is our producer and handles the show notes and our amazing newsletter, The 201. Tina Eichenberg and Gertrude Smith are our social media mavens. This show is engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Not only, oh my God, he's so dreamy. Not only should you not take advice from these Pop-Tarts, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. That's it for today. We'll see you back here on Monday on Stacking Benjamins.
Welcome to the after show. It's always so weird doing this live. We're just sitting here staring at each other. No, we don't have to. Oh, yes, we do. We have the live fans here. Okay, but I'm saying like we can skip the pause part and just do it. No, no, Trust no, me, They no, don't no, like no. looking at us for Fix 60 it in seconds. post, bro. No, no, absolutely. We'll do it live. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Mike asking me what my favorite, uh, my favorite beer. Uh, I tasted too many. He has, did you taste one from each stop? Unfortunately, yes. The, uh, and by unfortunately, I mean, they were delicious, but you know what? Making a good beer is, uh, man, there were lots of good beers. I remember I saw Eric in Indianapolis. Who's hanging out with us. They had some mighty fine beer in Indianapolis. Paula, any of those stops that you were at, at with us? We went to a brewery. Where were we? It was where we ate the chicken pot pie. What city was that? We went to so many cities, oh, they blend together. Yeah, I know they do. <laughs> you, right. That was in Philadelphia. Yes, that was in Philadelphia because I also had the spring rolls with uh, steak. Because yes. the chicken pot pie there was not that great. It, it wasn't. I no, was all yeah, excited it about it. It was a cold day. It started snowing. We were outside and I'm signing books and it's snowing while we're out there. But a super group in, in Philadelphia. Funny thing happened in Philadelphia we did a thing with Million Stories who sponsored the tour talking about cell phones, difference between Android and uh, iPhone users. And in Philadelphia, I, I would always jokingly ask, does anybody have a flip phone? And remember, Paula, there was a dude who had a flip phone. Yes, yes, there was. An, oh, and he worked for Vanguard, He of worked course. for Vanguard. Of course. And so we, we asked if it was a company phone. Like, can you imagine Vanguard with... <laughs> There are no frills like handing out. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you get a company phone. Here you go. This cost me $18 down at Walmart. Yeah, it was. Here's your company, Blackberry. It was super good. I was just going to ask you guys what you've got uh, coming up like summer fun wise. We even talked about summer fun that you guys are doing. Len, what do you, besides heading to Michigan, AKA God's country, as we call it, any big plans the rest of summer? Uh, well, I go to the desert usually every summer and uh, fry out there. Usually uh, like- hang out at a really posh resort that's oh. usually you know it's like you know six hundred dollars normally a night and you can get there in the middle of palm springs you can get the place for a hundred bucks a night and you still get all the amenity it's really awesome at, so at first when you said you were going to the desert i'm like as you do because who would go in the middle of you know winter to the desert <laughs> when it's actually manageable but you showed me pictures of this place and it's freaking incredible yeah, that's pretty awesome. And they treat you like, uh, let, me put, let me put it this way. They throw giant, like 50 pound blocks of ice into the pool to keep the pool super, super cold. <laughs> so, I mean, that's service. That is, that's service. That is, that is fabulous. Uh, we're, we're, we're talking about Lake Mead drying up and we're throwing water. <laughs> <laughs> so the Penzos get exactly what, exactly what they want. Oh, gee, going back to Northern Michigan. I remember, wasn't it last year when you were in Northern Michigan? It was like cold as hell the whole time you were there. Wasn't it freezing? Yeah, there's always a couple of really crappy days. Hopefully it won't uh, be too miserable. I mean, it was like, I think there was like a stretch of three or four days where it was in the mid 50s, which that's not summer. I feel <laughs> I feel kind of lucky having lived in different places in the United States because growing up, I always thought this was a Kalamazoo, Michigan thing. Because, you know, my relatives would go and you grow up there and I, we didn't really go anywhere. Well, you know, Michigan weather, West Michigan, if you don't like it today, come back tomorrow. And then I moved to Texas. Well, then I go to school in South Carolina 
And in Charleston, they're like, well, you know, Charleston weather, you don't like it today. Come back tomorrow. Then you go to Texarkana. Same, same, same thing. Like, wow. Are, 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 no, the weather here is always the same though. I mean, although today was a little, it was a little chillier in the morning. I think it was only like 75 this morning. Hot with a side degree of very, humid. Yeah. A side, side course of humid. R- Rick's on a roll. Good job, Rick. Yeah. What is, what is Rick's, Rick's, Rick's comment was nothing beats the experience of watching OG's expressionless face during intermission. Oh wait, that was the whole episode. <laughs> And Rick, OG and I spend most episodes trying to crack each other up by when we're texting back and forth, and I never get him. He cannot get him. He's emotionless. Yeah, he's which a, which is why this topic was just he's just really right in my wheelhouse. Emotion, all emotion with OG all the time. Uh, Rude Duck says we can get Steve Stewart dad an empty slot for a minute instead of the pause. No, we're doing it live, man. We're doing it. Live. Doing it live. And I especially like doing it live even more that OG doesn't like it. So that, that makes it even better. Paula, what's your summer plan? Then we'll get out of here. Well, I forgot to ask. I was about to say, I I like the pause. I I like the pause. I do too. Big plans this summer? I'm going to Greece. That's my big summer plan. I heard Greece is the word. Isn't there? Didn't I hear that somewhere? Greece is the word. Greece is the word. Oh my I've, goodness. Oh yeah. You said that to the wrong person, Joe. <laughs> I did say that is, is that this must be a pop culture reference of which I am unfamiliar. Yes, it is. <laughs> is it a coincidence that Greece and Turkey are right next door to each other? Oh, uh, you wah. had it. You had us all with the airplane thing. And then you just brought us right back. Like I didn't down even, to... I didn't even set it up. I just <sighs> jumped right into that. Yeah, I know, but. <laughs> Len, I just went to the doctor and they said that I had the peekaboo virus. So they sent me to the ICU. Uh, Thank hey, you. Doug. Yeah. What's the difference between an oral and a rectal thermometer? The answer I want to give, I can't say. So I don't know. The taste. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> I was going to say a much cruder version of that. Len, it was so good when it, they left it to the pros. When they left it to the dad joke pros, we, yeah, were, we were good. That's all right. And you know, I want to say this about Doug. You, know, you talk about my setups. I've heard your setups, too. They go forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> all right. I think it's uh, probably time for us to say bye-bye. 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 Bye. Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.